If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hello, leading ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a board-certified family physician, best-selling author, speaker, and executive leadership coach. And I'm excited today to continue our series for Women's History Month, Turning Pain into Passion, where I am interviewing some inspiring, trailblazing women physicians who have done just that, turned painful situations and challenges into their passion and into the work that they are sharing with the community. So I'm excited to bring to you today another guest, Dr. Bile Curry Winchell, who is the Medical Director of Community Engagement and Health Equity, Co-Lead of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Belonging, and Medical Director of Urgent Care Clinics and St. Mary's Regional Medical Center in Reno, Nevada. Deeply involved with her work, Dr. Curry Winchell is also the founder of Beyond Clinical Walls, the medical director of the Wasso County Sexual Assault Response Team, and also volunteers as an assistant medical examiner at the Washoe County Child Protective Services. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Dr. Curry Winchell joined the Reno Mayor's Task Force and Governor's Medical Advisory Team in 2021. She has received many awards, including the 2022 Healthcare Heroes Award from Nevada Business Magazine, the Community Service Award from Washoe County Medical Society, the 2021 Young Physician Award from Washoe County Medical Society, the 2020 PBS Reno Spotlight Extraordinary Neighbor Award, Sierra Nevada's Top 20 Most Powerful Women Award in 2019, and recently named one of 75 Black healthcare leaders to know by Becker's Hospital Review. And she is also a two-time TEDx presenter. She participates in national media interviews and regularly contributes to several publications. She and her husband enjoy life in Reno Tahoe with their two young girls. So help me in welcoming Dr. Bile to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Lisa. I am excited to be here. 
Yes, and I'm excited to learn about all the great work that you're doing. You know, we recently connected um, on LinkedIn and I was able to listen to your TEDx talk, which was amazing. Learn about your beyond clinical uh, walls, the work that you're doing to educate the medical community and was very, very interested in having you on the show so that I can share your inspiring story with all of our listeners. Well, I am um, first, I just want to say thank you for just taking the time to watch um, my TEDx talk. I'm very grateful for that, as well as um, just the opportunity for us to connect um, physician to physician, Black female physician to physician. This has been a wonderful uh, connection that um, I'm, I'm grateful for. Yes, absolutely. Same here. So I'm going to get right into some questions that I have. Um, the first is that I really just want to learn and have the audience learn a little bit more about your career and your leadership journey and for, for you to just walk us through that and to help us to understand who or what may have been instrumental in that career walk for you. So, you know, I had a really non-traditional um, entry into healthcare. And so um, I actually was a physician assistant originally, um, which is like a nurse practitioner, as we all know. Um, and I did that for three years and I worked in primary care, urgent care and uh, occupational medicine. But then I found myself really wanting to learn more, do more. And, and so I took a leap of faith, left my job as a physician assistant and, um, went to medical school and residency, and it was the best decision I ever made. And through that, you know, I share, I'm a family medicine physician, board certified, and I practice urgent care. Um, but I'm also a medical director of several uh, hospital organizations and a passionate um, advocate about delivering healthcare in new ways. And so through my journey of healthcare, which has been very non-traditional, not only in the academic space, but also in the way that I deliver care. And by that, I mean, I've decided, yes, I can um, see patients in the clinic, which I get to do, but there's also an opportunity to share health information, improve health literacy through or beyond clinical walls. And so that kind of shaped what I do now um, with everything else that I do. And so beyond clinical walls, I'm a founder of that. And um, it, it really stands for uh, delivering healthcare, whether it's acute, chronic, or preventative outside the traditional norms. And so um, it has been such a joy to not only, of course, be a practicing physician, but utilize social media, television, and print to share the information that I have been privileged to have and help people. And that journey has been allowed or been able to flourish because of my father and he was he just recently passed away and he was a person who gave back in so many different ways so when I think of my journey and how I've been able to do it and continue to do it it's because of my dad um, William Curry and so um yes happy to be here so that's my a little eclectic background <laughs> yeah Oh, gosh. Wow. That's wonderful. Um, so many things that I want to kind of expand upon that you that you talked about. Um, first of all, I just want to say kudos to you for going back to school, because I know how hard how hard yes. that is <laughs> going back to school, changing careers, 
you know, taking a taking a deep dive and then being committed to that whole process of going back to medical school and then residency and 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 the journey that we all have to go through. Um, and then becoming a family medicine physician. So, you know, that's near and dear to my heart as well, being a fellow family doc and, you know, all of the the work that we do inside and outside of the exam room. Um, a lot of the times the work in the community, educating patients and um, being able to utilize that background in family medicine, I think to have such a broad, you know, um, overview or broad view of the health system and, and, and what it means to really take care of communities. So, so thankful to you for, for that, for, for taking that initiative to going back to school and, um, and putting in the work there. So tell us a little bit about your day uh, and the current role that you have. What does that look like? Whom do you serve and what challenges do you face? Well, I love how you said, you know, as family medicine, we really get to see it all. And I, that's why I love this profession and this specialty. And I want to highlight because family medicine is a specialty. We do, we take care of so many different things and we are the anchor that really helps our patients get to whatever level or whatever specialty or place they need to be or we are the ones that help them <laughs> while they get, you know, better or preventative care and so forth. And so when I talk about my role, it's really this blend and mix of being able to see patients in the clinic and, and help them stay healthy, but finding ways to do it in a new way. So yes, I, you know, everyday life is first, I like to start off with being a mom and with my little girls, which brings me so much joy every day, but it's, you know, kind of a, a delicate dance and then seeing patients. And then as a hospital administrator, a medical director, finding new ways to um, produce health information that reaches our my community as well as communities across the world. And I really enjoy that. I like thinking about beyond just what we can pr provide here in my community, how would that help other communities? Because I think when you take yourself out of just one area, that's when you're able to really reach because our world, which is the way it should be is made up of so many different people. And so when I think about the communities that I serve, it's about listening, finding ways that really help where they are. And that is through listening. So I think if there was a theme of what is part of my day, every single day is listening and leaning into curiosity of what things can I do better or why are things like this? And I think that has really been my go-to in how I deliver healthcare in so many different ways. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that what you basically shared with us is almost a blueprint for how can how we can remain passionate about the work that we do, how we can even sometimes deal with you know, the stress and the burnout that some of us um, face in terms of delivering care. Um, you've also shared with us that we have the ability to do things differently, that we don't have to you know, go with the status quo, um, that we can use our expertise and our talents and our gifts to sort of shape healthcare in the manner in which we see fit 
sprout for the communities in which we serve. And I think that that goes a long way. I think that is, you know, the, um, I'm going to use the word blueprint again, but I think that that is the blueprint by which we can all develop into this leadership role that we all possess and that we have, right? The ability to sort of um, take on problems and to be able to be advocates, you know, for our patients and be advocates for our communities. Um, and I think that all specialties pretty much, you know, prepare us for that. But I think family medicine does a really good job at preparing us to really be leaders in our communities. And, and we can be those people out in the forefront who sort of help others and our colleagues to kind of view it the same way. I agree. And I think, you know, more needs to be said about the specialty of family medicine, because, you know, we see kiddos, we see all ages, and we are with you throughout your life. And as you create life, we are with you as well with your new family members. And so um, I think that really show the shows how well we can be as leaders in the fact that we are flexing in so many different ways to meet our patients' needs, as well as aware in every step of the journey of what we can do or what we need to do better to help our patients. And I hope um, more organizations, more hospitals really focus on the qualities that family medicine doctors have, because, you know, it's something very, very special. Yes, absolutely. Very special and very unique as well. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned earlier that Um, your father had a huge, played a huge role and was a huge impact in terms of the work that you do, especially with the work that you do with uh, Beyond Clinical Walls. And um, you mentioned that, um, you know, recently he passed away and, and that sort of inspired you, I think, more to do the work that you're doing as well. And, um, and sometimes we have those stories. And for a lot of us, we have those stories, right? That something happens in our lives that that might be painful or challenging. I know that when I was growing up, mine's happened when I was a very little girl at the age of five. I lost my grandfather, who was, you know, like my hero at the age of 50 to um, a heart attack. And knowing that that was because of lack of access to health care and, and some other things that deals with health disparities and health inequities really pushed me to become a physician as well. Um, so when you look at that, you know, role that the, your dad played in your life and, and maybe there might have been some other things that happened, challenges or painful stories that you can think of. What is something that kind of resonates with you that maybe helped you or helped develop this work that you do or maybe helped shape some of the education that you give back in the communities um, or your TED Talks? Can you share anything with us around around that? Absolutely. You know, there's a couple of things, Dr. Lisa, that right away came to mind. And first, I want to start with the origin, the point of contact who really started all of this. And that is my father. I grew up being a part of advocacy rallies, things that were bigger than I even realized as a child. And so knowing the importance of doing the right thing and standing up 
for things that are not right. And so people often ask me, you know, oh, is this something just brand new, you know, that you've started to advocate? And I said, oh, no, this has been a part of it. I'm going to use your word, my blueprint, part of my makeup since I was small um, of finding ways to give back. And he always said, you know, bio, the world is bigger than you. What can you do each day to give back? And Mm. that has been my through line in everything that I do. And so when it comes to advocacy and finding different ways to help people, that is why this journey has happened. And, you know, through that, I think of, the work that I continue to do, even though he has passed, has evolved and reshaped, but the core is still there. And a good example is when he passed away, I thought of, you know, how many of my patients that I have had to help navigate grief and all of these things. Hey, leading ladies, this is Dr. Lisa. I love bringing you great content and dropping pearls to help you lead with confidence. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Hello, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa. Ready to claim your seat at the leadership table? Well, let's partner together. I believe that when a physician learns the crucial skills they need to step up and lead, positive change happens in their own life and community. So ready to talk? As a physician and certified executive leadership coach, I provide training and support for physicians who want to feel confident in their ability to lead and be the respected voice in healthcare. So if you book your free 30-minute consultation today, we are going to analyze where you are in your career and identify the specific support you need to lead successfully. And if we're a good fit, I will provide you with the solution that is best for you. So I look forward to learning more about your leadership journey and how I can support your growth. Go to www.justtherightbalance.com forward slash physician consult. That's www.justtherightbalance.com forward slash physician consult. Hey there, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa. Thanks for hanging in with me. Now back to our amazing interview. And I thought this is an opportunity to share how I am navigating through this, which there isn't a playbook for. And I think there needs to be more dialogue and conversation, not only from a health information patient, but also for our profession, because I think sometimes that's lacking when there's grief or mental health or other issues. It's kind of like a silo, like, oh, this doesn't happen to you, or you don't feel comfortable sharing it. And so when he passed, I thought, what can I do to share this experience and to let people know it's okay and also show the vulnerability behind it. And a good example is during the holidays, I took the time to create videos through Beyond Clinical Walls and go on television and share holidays can be different when you're grieving. Mm. And, 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 And how do you help that person who is in a different space that may not be able to celebrate in that same normal way. And so that was a way that I turned my pain into helping not only patients, but also helping my profession of just highlighting 
this issue that is it's very difficult um to to go through and another painful experience that you know happened and i just recently did a, a new tedx talk as you know at rutgers university that's coming out soon is um we have all heard about black women dying in childbirth three to one over white women and I decided a painful experience that happened to me needed to be shared. And I guess as I talk about this and my dad, again, it's all about what can I do to help people even through a painful moment. So I just had my second daughter via C-section. Um, I knew when I came out, something didn't feel right. And I shared that with my nurse and I was told you're fine. Your vital signs are fine. Everything is okay. And I said, no, something's wrong. Please call my doctor. And I was again dismissed. And so my husband ended up calling my OB on my cell phone and said, something's wrong with bio. Can you please come and check her out? Long story short, I was bleeding internally. I was taken back to the OR. Thank God he came back and he noticed, you know, mm. that I wasn't okay. And I was hospitalized for two weeks and transfused. And so when that happened, there was another connection of this is happening to black women every day. And here I am as a physician, a medical director, which shouldn't even matter that this happened to me. And Absolutely. so that was another step in what can I do to elevate this message? And so, although I was already advocating doing all of these things, Again, I think you have these little things that happen to you in your life that are infused in hopes of raising awareness and also providing solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those very personal stories with us. Um, I know sometimes it's probably hard to talk about it or, or to kind of relive that experience, but I think that, you know, you found a, a way to express that right? Through helping other people, getting the message out through education. Um, so, so sharing stories has become so important, I think for me, especially as well on this platform, so that we can inspire other people to also um, notice what's going on and to hopefully do something themselves as well within uh, their own profession, their own communities, um, you know, to help people who, who really deserve or to help those people who can't advocate for themselves and who have no voice, yes. right? Yes. That, that's where the important work, I think, comes in. So, yeah. So thank you again for sharing those stories and especially as it relates to you know, the Black maternal mortality statistics for, for Black women, um, I think that, you know, there was this misconception that it was only happening to Black women who were economically disadvantaged or to Black women who were maybe educationally disadvantaged. But as we know from sharing stories from people like you and, and other stories that we have heard, that that doesn't really matter. So we really have to get to the root of what's causing it and address that issue um, so that we can continue to, to, to save lives. That is so important. And I think often we hear about when a group um, is disproportionately impacted at a higher rate, we hear, oh, it's about access or you know other factors. And I always like to share, you can have 
the best access in the world, the most clinics everywhere. But if you haven't looked at the root of the problem, it's going to continue to happen. And so with this situation, we often hear, oh, we need to have more clinics. We need to have more uh, resources. And yes, that is a part of it. But I share, I had the best access. I had everything. And that did not prevent me from almost dying. Yeah. And so we have to look at how unconscious bias plays a role in that factor of um, just these social stereotypes that we form on our own without realizing it. And mm -hmm. they really um, command how you interact with people or how you perceive pain. And I think that's a big thing. We mm -hmm. have seen studies that have shown that um, certain groups are not able to always see pain on black people's faces. And so we need to look at how does that Go, you know, play into healthcare every single day. And how does that play a role in black women dying? Mm -hmm. And so it's beyond access. It's unconscious bias. It is, of course, as well, those algorithms that we know are still in play. And yeah. I like to talk about the VBAC score and how that score, as you know, it was, you know, developed supposedly to help people, but it channeled or it um, excluded three groups, African-American, Black, and Hispanic. And if you were of that um, ethnicity or race, and I divide that and I'll explain why, mm -hmm. then you were considered least not as successful to have a vaginal birth after a C-section mm. because of the color of your skin. Yes. And so although it was removed in 2021, because I know when people hear this, they're going to be like, oh, it was removed. There are studies that show it takes one in particular, the National Institute of Health, 17 years for new evidence to translate into standard clinical practice. Wow. So although that algorithm has been removed, it is still impacting Black women's lives and being able to have a natural birth. And I want to go back to how I said it's important that when we look at race versus ethnicity, race is a social construct. It's not mm -hmm. biological or genetic. So why is that a part of healthcare to this day? Why do we sh share certain medications, delivery, treatment, and so forth? So that's just a sample, <laughs> as you yes. know, of my love and my work. <laughs> and, and what I'd like to do as far as infusing that and sharing it, because the more you know, the more as a patient, you can advocate and the more as providers, we take a look and think about our current practice and see what we can do to change it because it's, it's a, it's both that needs to, to change in order, you know, to produce better outcomes for patients. Absolutely. And the information is so important. I remember a good friend of mine used to say that when you know better, you do better, right? Yes. So information is key. Information is vital. And the more that we can share it, like you have been um, sharing, you know, good information as well, can hopefully help to shift the dynamic and, and, sh and make a change in um, behavior. Yes. It's, you know, and I think we all have to think about, you know, our current practices, our current unconscious bias, 
because everybody has it. I think that's important when you acknowledge those things, it's easy to think, oh yes, this happens. But what do you do with that when you exactly. do acknowledge, you do acknowledge and it? And that's yeah. going to be the driver behind change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, again, sharing your personal stories with us, for giving us, um, inspiring us to do the work as well, you know, as, as it relates to improving health outcomes and healthcare, reducing disparities. Um, if we wanted to, um, or if someone was listening or, you know, the people that are listening to this uh, podcast uh, we're looking for some tips or some advice on how to thrive in the face of adversity. What would you tell them? What three tips would you give them? First, I would say lean into curiosity. And um, because I think when you do that, you're able to learn and take in new information. And I think sometimes we're like, yes, we want to learn about this, but we're not checking our own either unconscious bias or, or kind of preconceived notions. And so I would share, I would invite everyone to take a step back and lean into curiosity of thinking, why am I doing it this way? Or why is it like this? Because I think that is going to be a way to create a new roadmap for you to think about diversity, equity, inclusion mm-hmm. in, 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 in your practice, in your everyday life, because there's so many things that we just do out of habit. And so the best tip you can do for yourself and it even outside of DEIB work, just for everyday life, be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I know that's simple, but it, it can work. <laughs> because, um, and, I'll, and I'll give one more tip why I say that is when I write my health information, whether it's the videos that I do on television, I think of somebody may already know this topic. Somebody may not know this topic, but if, what can I do to deliver it in a new way and a disarming way? And in order to do that, I have to be curious about whatever mm-hmm. I'm writing, whatever I'm saying, because that puts a new lens, a new, a new, you know, um, cover on it. And I think yeah. that is so, it's amazing. Absolutely. And, and I definitely agree with you 100%. I think it's one of the things that I also, uh, not only think about personally, but I also relate to my clients as well that I'm coaching in the leadership space or in the the DEI leadership space, and that really is to one just take some time for self reflection, right? So it it falls under the the umbrella I think of just self awareness. How aware are you mm-hmm. of what's going on in front of you? How aware how aware are you of the things that uh, are meaningful to you? Um, your own values, how people see you as well. And we also know that when we can really dig deep into that self-awareness, into that curiosity, that's how we build relationships. That's how we better understand each other. That's how we understand more of each other's differences, how we can appreciate each other, um, how we can understand, you know, when there are cultural differences as well, so that leaning into curiosity is is key and really important. So thank you for sharing that tip. And I had to add, when you said that, you know, it makes me think of like when I did my first TEDx talk and even how I do things moving forward, 
I talk about really uncomfortable things, as you know, in my talk, but I lent, I leaned into that curiosity because I thought if I can do it that way, more people can receive the information. So Mm -hmm. as to your point, it's for relationships, it's, but it's also for learning and, and exactly what you said to be able to grow, um, you have to kind of think about it because that's how you're going to be able to expand and really stretch yourself. Cause it stretches yeah. me when I even do it, when I'm leaning into it. So <laughs> that it's, you know, bi-directional. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic interview. I can't wait for everyone to listen to the information and to hear your inspiring stories um, and to learn even more about you. So I'm going to just leave the audience with, or you can tell us, you know, where we can find you. What are your social media handles? How do we listen to your TEDx talk? Like all of those great things. And I'm also going to share those in our show notes as well. But if you just want to tell us, you know, here on the podcast, um, where we can find you and, and how we can connect with you. Yes, um, please. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Underscore BCW. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Please follow me there as well. I've got a YouTube channel um, for Beyond Clinical Walls and Dr. BCW. So um, several ways to reach out. And you can also find me on my website, which has a, uh, a lovely uh, catalog of my work and the things that are available. Um, and that's at drbcw.com. Uh, so very easy. And um, I always like to share Beyond Clinical Walls by Okuri Winchell. Um, and so that's a, a nice way to remember such a long last name. <laughs> Well, that's great. So again, her website is doctor, that's drbcw.com. She's on Instagram and TikTok at doctor underscore bcw. Also on LinkedIn, um, uh, linkedin.com forward slash in doctor bcw. And her YouTube channel is beyond clinical walls. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. And you can come back anytime and be a guest on our show again. We'd love to have you. you. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.